surprise. You can see us now. Welcome to the Kennedy Beacon. We are on video, new and improved. I am so happy to introduce my co-host, Aaron Good. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, thanks. It's great to be here, Francis. I've seen him before, though. I knew what he looked like. You're looking good. Also with us today, special guest, David Talbot. Hi, David. Great to be here. How are you? I'm great. All of us, of course, authors, we write for the Kennedy Beacon Substack. And the first thing we're going to talk about today is that ad, the Super Bowl ad. And how many people are singing right now? Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. That's all I've, that's all I've been singing all for the past couple of days. It made a huge impression. A hundred million people seeing it. The Democrats especially seem to be freaking out about it. So let's have a look at the ad and then talk about it. want a man for president who's seasoned through and through a man who's old enough to know and young enough to do well it's up to you it's up to you it's strictly up to you american value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement well look i was old enough to remember the uh, gfk ad uh when he ran for president in 1960 so i thought the uh ad was great it uh Bob being the legacy in the uh, tradition of the Kennedy family. We can't, some members of the Kennedy family freaked out afterwards, but I thought it was quite effective. So I didn't like the outcome, by the way, as San Franciscan of the uh, Super Bowl, but I, I thought the ad was very effective. And I thought it reached a lot of people, which we need to do at this point, uh, because Bobby's campaign has been made invisible by a lot of people. I also initially thought that it was kind of an odd choice, and I do. Uh, I guess I still think I wish they would have put something substantive in, even if it was just a short clip of JFK uh, and something from his peace speech, talking about the need for world peace, and then comparing that to RFK's, you know, uh, similar positions. However, uh, I now I think I more appreciate what they were doing with the ad and that it was a, a way to get people talking about it, to remind people of the Kennedys, which I think is good for them to think about what happened to the Kennedys and how that might be related to the poor state of the country at the moment. And I'm not as old as David, but I actually did recognize the ad because I, as a high school history teacher, I always showed Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States and they used that in the in the documentary series so i actually knew the i knew the song before i'd even and i'd seen the ads before so i i knew what it was a reference to i think that just the fact that a lot of people were talking about it made it a positive thing for the for the campaign in this very strange political season we're in yeah and i wasn't watching the super bowl maybe one of a couple people that, that wasn't really paying attention i was painting but the first i heard of the ad was i believe when i stumbled across um, a report, which there were many, about how Kennedy had apologized. One cousin slash nephew had said something about, hey, I'm, you know, I didn't really like this. And the media really turned it into something like, oh, there was outrage. And I'm not sure that's exactly what it was. David, you probably have more perspective on this. But, you know, I do think it did a good job of well, not only the ad itself, but then also his apologizing for it. Suddenly, it was in every paper, every digital publication online. Even this morning, I saw it on Inside Edition. 
it really did a good job. If you believe that, you know, all press is good press, people are talking about it. People are much more aware. It was a $7 million ad. We're understanding that. I mean, we don't have any affiliation directly. I don't have any direct knowledge, but that's what the reports are saying. It's a $7 million ad, but it may have returned untold benefits as far as name recognition and people understanding, especially the baby boomers, who were the ones that maybe are not necessarily watching podcasts. Those are the people that needed to be reached. And those are the people who now know for sure if they were watching the Super Bowl or reading any newspapers or television show, watching any television show, they now know he's running, which is good. Yeah, look, I agree with you, Francis and Aaron. I think the ad did reach a lot of people. And it did, like Aaron said, communicate the message that Bobby Jr. is in keeping in line with his father, Robert Kennedy Sr., and with JFK, his uncle. Um, they were fearless. They clashed with the military-industrial complex. They clashed uh, with the South Democrats. JFK, as president, was willing to lose the Democratic Party, to split the Democratic Party over civil rights. He sent troops to the South twice. So they're gutsy. I don't know what the other candidates are reading when they, uh, you know, take issue with Bobby and they condemn Bobby. But he is, to me, as fearless and courageous as they were. Let's not forget. His father, Robert Kennedy Sr., took on a sitting president in 1968. He ran against Lyndon Johnson when he was still in the White House. So uh, that took courage. Right. I, I am. Uh, it, there are many things that you could comment on in thinking of how the public remembers the Kennedy administration. It's worth repeating over and over again, as I probably do, that Kennedy had the highest average approval rating for the duration of his presidency. He was the most popular president uh, since Gallup began recording that. And then you think that he is the one president to, in the modern era, to die under such mysterious circumstances. And those two facts are not unrelated. And so uh, is this something that the public subconsciously understands? I think that we can look at the Kennedys and what they were able to accomplish. Jack Kennedy, he did keep the world away from nuclear war and he organized or he uh, helped to negotiate a test ban treaty. So he did make progress in world peace. But of course, we went from Kennedy into the Vietnam War and we never got that world peace. But I think that people are more likely to understand why nowadays if they stop and look at it in that this is an empire. And, the, and Kennedy, the original JFK, the original President Kennedy, confronted the empire and tried to accommodate these forces. He ran as a cold warrior, so he accommodated the reality of the establishment in the U.S., but he tried to redirect it, and they essentially said no, and they vetoed this. And I think that this, this sort of reality of what the Kennedys represented is now more important because there's just a bigger sense that the presidency has been controlled by these dark forces that really constrain them. And so um, this is, it helps us to understand why we're in the situation we're in today and that we can't solve any major crises anymore because we have a very top-down system. And so I feel like there's a lot of historical weight in just invoking Kennedy and what he represented and that this is something that the whole country needs to somehow uh, think about and ponder the significance of because it couldn't be more important, not so much about the family and the individuals, but in terms of what the what this country actually has been in the world and what it needs to be going forward, because simply put, 
what we've been in the past as the global kind of bully or dominator of the world is just not tenable anymore anymore and we're going to have to make a transition and that's why this election is very important even if people are dismayed about you know, Trump and Biden and such when he first announced he was running he said i'm going to do something I'm going to be honest with the American voters. Sometimes it's hard to be honest, you know, as as parents, as people who care about each other. Sometimes it's hard to step into a relationship. And that's essentially what you're doing when you're running for office. You're saying, I'm having a relationship with you, the people I want to elect me. I'm going to tell you the truth, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's hard to hear, even if it's scary. And that was one thing that first hooked me. Also, you know, the criticism that he is not like his, you know, we've heard, oh, you're nothing like your uncle and your father. He's exactly that. He is standing up for the little guy, no matter the cost, even to very big, powerful forces. You know, when he was an environmental attorney, standing up to chemical companies, standing up to polluters, and even in some cases, standing up to the pharmaceutical corporations and the regulatory agencies that are supposed to be policing them. And it's my contention they're not doing the job that we think they're doing. It's not fun to stand up to those. You know, you don't win friends and influence people by standing up to forces that big. You get your name dragged through the mud. You get labeled conspiracy theorist and, you know, outlier and, you know, someone who potentially can't win. I think that's exactly what many people in America are starting to say. You know, I see I see what's going on here and I want someone who won't just go along. As we've talked about in the past, that's kind of how Obama got in office. It's also kind of how Trump got in office. We the people, the name of the organization that in some states the campaign is created as a as a party because it's easier to get a party on the ballot than a person in some states. But we the people are tired of this and we want someone to stand up for us. And that's exactly what Kennedy's trying to do. Yeah, look, Francis, um, I understand Bobby's point of view. We all have families <laughs> and we all have to get along with them uh, at Thanksgiving, Christmas. Anytime we sit down together and, and talk about politics or religion, whatever it is. So Bob needs to decide to be very nice to his family members. But the truth is, we can say what's uh, honest, what's true. The Kennedys, by and large, many of them, are members of the Biden administration. They're members of the Democratic establishment. They've gotten a lot of political privilege in, this, uh, in their lives. And Bobby, I talked to Bobby 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. I sat down with Bobby. I said he should get into politics then. And he is doing it now. He went to the dark side of American power. He understood who really runs this country. He alone among the Kennedys was courageous enough to do that, like his uncle, like his father. He's in line with them. He is not as you getting along with some of his family members. Some of his family members do support him, by the way. I was at the uh, birthday party for him in LA a few weeks ago, and there were a number of candidates on stage with him. So not all the family is against Bobby. Some support his campaign. But those who do, those who don't, and are getting uh, lots of goodies from the Democratic Party and from condemning Bobby, you know, shame on them. Uh, that's not the legacy, the true Kennedy legacy. Yeah, civil discourse, I, uh, civil disagreement. 
Yeah, Go ahead, I would, Aaron. I would, I would agree with that. And I think that we can move on here. So let's take a few minutes to talk about the breaking points segment about Kennedy's campaign. We'll have a quick look at their analysis of the Super Bowl ad. Million dollars is a lot of money, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably money well spent because Dogger, there are a whole lot of people who are disgusted with Joe Biden or think that he's way too old. 86%, I think, of voters think he's too old to be president again. People also disgusted with Donald Trump, who is very likely to be a convicted felon by the time the election comes around, mm -hmm. looking for some alternative. And it's like, hey, there's a guy with the last name Kennedy, might have heard of before, and he is also running. He is a viable alternative. It was for a you. genius ad for several reasons. Number one, it didn't tell us anything about him. You're not supposed to know anything about him. You're just supposed to know that the last name is Kennedy and that there's a vote independent, which is another option, which is the major reason that many people are backing him and why they would be interested in his candidacy. Second, as a student of those ads, uh, one of my favorite lines from that song, actually is quote old enough to know young enough to do now look he may be 70 years old uh but he's a lot younger <laughs> unfortunately for than uh, all of the other people who are in the race the 78 year old donald trump if he were to be elected the 82 year old joe biden if he were to be re-elected so he's got the you know the age at the very least comparatively on his side the kennedy ad too and people are going to see this in our focus group the ability to evoke the inspiration of that era especially amongst people who watch their parents really fall like prey to the Kennedy magic is just uh, it is I cannot describe how powerful and emotive that is for the younger or sorry for the older voter the median voter in this country 55 years old with no college degree who can think and talk to their parents about what that time was like and about some of the feelings that they can connect to it so the nostalgia the being younger the fat you know these are the type of ads that we learn about in our social studies classes and to be able to connect it back to something like this to in a modern age Give people a choice. I thought it was very, very powerful. Indeed, my parents weren't old enough. Well, they were they're young. I'm old, but they were young when they had me. And I haven't really talked to them a lot about it. I remember my grandparents being in love with the Kennedy family on one side. But you know, we want to talk about, I guess, youth and longevity. I have recently seen this man catch, well, not personally, but on video that his wife posted catch a rattlesnake with his bare hands, do a backflip off a cliff. He skis faster than I do by far, apparently. So I just, I don't, I think he's much younger than a lot of us sick, younger Americans are. But also right now, that same group that you just saw on the screen there did a survey. Let's listen to a little bit of that. We've got one thing in common, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, one by one, I want you to just tell me about your story of where you ended up there. His announcement was phenomenal. I thought it was one of the best speeches I've heard in a long time. And I thought it addressed uh, something real. I'm hungry for a change and I want leadership. I also uh, saw the pitch for his campaign opening, but I was looking at it more toward legacy um, and the views that I grew up with. So it was a little bit deeper for me uh, that the Kennedy family <clears throat> would throw a candidate in there that um, would, would fulfill what the past Kennedys have and work for all people. Legacy and the name and for change and for the people, because I do not like, you know, our other potential candidates. RFK, I smiled when I heard his name. I can just hear my mom talk about and smile every time JFK came up. So I just knew they were a good, supportive, rounded family. He seems very confident in what he talks about. And um, he's listening to views from other people. I'm not for Biden. I'm definitely not for Trump. 
but I'm just for, I'm for the people just like RFK is for. To me, he's a strong person and he's gonna be uh, willing to take on the establishment, to take on the military uh, establishment and some of the entrenched political organizations that uh, you know are running our country. He's proved himself in his legal profession, standing up to big pharma and doing, uh, you know, working on pollution, environmental issues. He's got his legacy of his family, and some of it's tragic. So good for him for standing up and making a go at it. I think I was on the internet on Facebook or something, and they put up that he was running, and I was like, dang, that would that'd probably be really cool, you know, to come back, like the Bushes, you know, now it's the Kennedys. I think it would be a good idea for him to run at this time when everything is going down. He will probably help the economy a little bit more as far as, because it's, it's basically going down, even though they saying everything is going up, it's going down. And I just, I just think overall, the person will be, he'll be a good fit. I didn't actually uh, know about him until a random episode of Joe Rogan, he was on it. And I actually heard about him several times before, but you know, he's mentioned as like a crackpot or whatever. It's really hard to like lie for three hours straight about yourself to put on a facade. And I look at Trump, I don't really see integrity there. I see manipulation. I look at Biden, I don't even see substance there. I see a guy who is enough of a figurehead that a party can use. And in RFK Jr. it just looks like, for the most part, that's a lot of integrity. There's a lot there. And it's um, funny that you can, your the average people that you can speak to, people who are not uh, uh, preoccupied with politics, the woman who said, well, first of all, she says something that was not, I think, on point when she said, it's cool, like the Bushes, how they came, like, that uh, that was a little alarming to me, but then she actually, just as a, a person who's commenting off the top of their head on politics saying, they tell you that the economy is going up, but it's going down. This is, I think, uh, very, this is like straightforward, but actually profound. And it just speaks to the general reason why an anti-establishment person would have that kind of appeal because we are so used to just being told things that are 180 degrees from the truth that somebody who comes out and speaks about some of these issues in a, in a refreshing way, it, it resonates. And some of his other issues where he speaks about the environment, pollution, chronic illnesses, and the lack of regulatory control, these are things that we all are kind of aware of in different ways, and they are horrifying, really. The, the, there's a story about the Philadelphia Phillies outfielders from like 20 years ago getting cancer because the stuff in the outfield is a toxic chemical a forever chemical, right? And the regulatory agencies don't do their jobs. And that's just one little example, but we have our kids playing on like similar kinds of fields and things, right? There's just this sense that there's nobody, that the regulatory agencies and the powers that be are actually not functioning in a way to protect the public interest and that we're all misled in different ways. And I think that these people kind of, they spoke to that uh, simply and yet uh, profoundly in a, in, a, in a bigger sense. David, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I like well, what they had to say, obviously. Uh, I think Bobby is the only real alternative in this current race. I think Trump, Biden, people are really tired of the same old, same old. And with Joe Biden, the, the, uh, I looked at Plan B, supposedly, the Democrats, if Biden is replaced uh, this current year, and I think he will be, uh, is pretty dismal would have waiting on the benches to replace him. So Bobby is a viable alternative. I love what they had to say, uh, the survey. Uh, he is uh, indeed, I think, the candidate who really does stand out 
this year. And that's why the Dem Democrats are going after him with everything now. They're trying to blow him out of the water. Um, the current uh, hysteria around his campaign, the DNC has launched, is really uh, uh, shameful, I think, and corrupt. And they're trying to keep them off the ballots. They're trying not to give the American people uh, a choice. That's uh, the definition of anti-democracy. It's also telling the, the freaking out over Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, I think it's really telling of how scared they are. What I loved about the survey respondents and what they said, it just shows the gaslighting isn't really working, that, you know, that our regulators really are doing what they should be doing. I mean, we I'm a gardener. We used to pretty much bathe in Roundup, right? I mean, this is like, I don't know, 90s or around that time. And, and we all know somebody who has some form of immune system or blood-related cancer. Um, the people I know did happen to be outside a lot, the people who've gotten immune system-related cancers um, and, and love to work in the yard and, and use those chemicals. We've all known someone who maybe had a weird reaction to a pharmaceutical drug or a combination of drugs. Um, I personally have. Um, but one thing I remember from a, about a 20-year career in TV some of the consultants would come in and kind of coach us. And what they always said to me is, you know, the viewers just know, they know if you really care, they know if you're honest, they may, you know, if, if people are lying to them, they might believe it for a little while, but it's almost like we're designed to be able to detect the BS. And I love hearing the people surveyed articulate that, you know, we're not really getting what we think we're getting. And therefore, we believe and we're starting to listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, also, Michigan, these people were from Detroit, Michigan, there is a big billboard, a billboard campaign in Michigan. Look at that. Sponsored by the DNC up around Michigan. What are your thoughts about this, guys? I think it's a good sign in a sense. I mean, it's uh, the whether he's promoted by or there's they're saying that RFK is backed by the same biggest donor, Timothy Mellon of the Mellon family, you know, like um, Carnegie Mellon University, that same family, the uh, oligarch family of the U.S. really. And uh, I, I don't put it out of the realm of possibility that some people have backed him for whatever uh, reasons. But I also I looked a little bit into this guy melon and it seems like his main issue is he's really concerned about immigration to the united states he doesn't want uh undocumented immigrants coming to the u.s so maybe that's really his angle there's other things going on in the u.s that make it harder to, to discern the motives of establishment figures because this is a time when things are so much in flux in terms of the u.s fading as the global empire that you have somebody like him who maybe maybe people are looking to what is the post-empire future going to look like and they're hedging their bets in different ways it's hard to really say but in the in the most basic thing you can say about this is that it shows that the democratic national committee is now really concerned about rfk jr and they when it seems like they have their hands full just with trump yeah you know francis and Heron, i think actually the polls show that Biden is taking more votes from trump actually than biden at this point and I think that's the case. So Bobby is a crossover candidate. He says things that both Republican uh, voters and Democratic voters like. Uh, we've heard what Biden and Trump uh, have done. They were both president. They were both in the White House. We're worse off now than ever. I, I really relate 
hate this at my age, to, to the forces of greed and death are, are, are fighting against the forces of life and health at this point. And uh, the corporate forces who want to, I think, take as much profit as they can from the earth, from the environment, uh, from us, are pumping all these chemicals into us and killing us. That's what it is. They're killing us, they're killing our children and their grandchildren. So I think Bobby stands for the force of life and, and, and health against the forces of greed and death and destruction. And I think this campaign that he's unleashed this year, 2024, is probably the most important campaign of my life. So I know the guy. I know Bobby. I've known him for a long time. I know how courageous and honorable he is. I'm it with, with him. I think the American voters have never been given such a, uh, a stark choice. Because as Aaron said, even JFK in 1960 ran as a cold warrior against Richard Nixon. He later turned into a man of peace. He gave a great speech, as you know, the peace speech at American University shortly before he was killed. And he intended, we know, I interviewed Robert McNamara, FK Secretary of Defense. He intended to withdraw all troops from Vietnam after he was safely reelected against the hawk Barry Goldwater in 64. If he, of course, was never given that opportunity. So look, Bobby is uh, in keeping with bravery of his uncle and father. And, uh, you know, I think the DNC's war on him show how corrupt, how shameful they are, trying to keep him off the ballot. They're trying to deny the American people the right that they fought for. To... Right. I mean, they, they don't want to give Kennedy Secret Service protection and they, they would like to keep him off the ballot and they would like to put Trump in jail. That's the, uh, that, and they want to run a senile, an obviously senile candidate. That's what, that's the Democrats' exactly. plan. This is the yeah. party that all the serious people tell us we have to support. And, and you mentioned so earlier, oh, go ahead, David. I was going to say, Francis, so let's talk about my, uh, my column this week for Kenny Beacon, uh, the Democrats' plan B, because I do think they will replace the aging, doddering, and probably demented at this point, Joe Biden. Uh, thank him for his service and put him out to pasture where he should have gone uh, several months ago. And I do think they have a plan B and they're actually trying to engineer it right now. Uh, I think Kamala Harris is a big problem for them. The natural replacement for Biden at this point would be the vice president. But her polling numbers are even worse than his. She's more unpopular than she than he is. Uh, so then they're faced with who could replace Kamala Harris and do so, frankly, in a way that's acceptable to the black base in the, in the uh, Democratic Party. Uh, so they can't easily replace her, as they say in the column, with a white candidate, with Gavin Newsom, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, uh, or the governor of uh, Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. All those have racial problems uh, for the party. And so, uh, you know, they're in a quandary right now. I think their likeliest choice and their Hail Mary at this point is Michelle Obama. She ticks off all the boxes for them. She, in some ways, she'd be an extension of the Obama uh, 
presidency and the Biden presidency. It would be the fourth term. She seems like an outsider, but she's really the supreme insider. All the money she's earned from corporate sources, all the, uh, you know, her affiliations are very establishment. So they're very, very secure with her. And yet she has a brand name. She's written the books. She's gone out there like Oprah and connected with people. Uh, she has a populist kind of image that they really need at this point. I see the DNC picking her. Uh, and that's her Hail Mary pass. Aaron? I have to I had to guess that she would not be foolish enough to do it only because she has all the money in the world. And this could be quite stressful and unhappy for her and her family. Additionally, I just think that the situation that the U.S. is going to be entering in in 2025, she has to be aware that she could actually be uh, on the hook for being there at a, as the establishment person doing essentially what the establishment approves of at a time when that is a disastrous thing. I think that she knows that she could be signing up for something really terrible. I would be shocked if she were foolish enough to, oh, I won't say shocked because they have lots of inducements, but I would be surprised if she were, if she were to do it, but I agree that she is the Hail Mary option for them. She seems like the only one who might be able to beat Trump. I think that Newsom with his association with San Francisco, which is just a boogeyman for right-wing uh, America and really has been uh it's it's a mess but in a mess not because of what people think it's not that the city went so far to the left it's a combination of silicon valley the neoliberal globalization what it did to the u.s economy and the way that the tax system in in the cities has been changed i mean you just think of like gerald ford in 1976 like or 75 ford to nyc drop dead right that famous headline but that's kind of the way it is in cities across the country cities for decades have been kind of decimated by the shift to neoliberal economics like of the reagan revolution so as he is a bad candidate and this stranger thing or, or just a sort of strange ironic weird coincidence here um is that although it's not totally coincidental because i think it helped both um kamala harris and Gavin Newsom, is that both of these figures were actually involved in different points at continuing the cover-up of the RFK senior assassination. They both were involved in keep making sure that Sirhan Sirhan uh, stayed in jail. And Bobby Jr. doesn't believe that uh, Sirhan killed his father. And uh, many other people don't. I mean, he basically is exonerated by the autopsy when it comes down to it, as David and others have written about. So it, that makes it even weirder to think of Newsom or Harris involved in there against Kennedy. Um, and but it makes it also kind of a perfect metaphor for what the Democratic Party became because they're the back when the party had their best leader ever, they got they killed them off. Uh, the, uh, the president and his brother uh, were, were killed off, and the Democrats after that they get ahead by uh, covering up what happened to their their best leaders. So it's a it's somehow a sad microcosm of our whole situation if they end up running like that. Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, I agree completely, and you bring up such interesting points. I do tend to think that it will be Obama Newsom. Um, I was just walking through a home improvement store last night, and and there's her smiling face and a cover story. You know, you just start to see things, and you're like, hmm, you know, I mean, she's been in, in magazines and things like that all along. But, you know, you're, you just, just you know, put a little asterisk there, and, and we'll see about that. It's certainly been um, something that a lot of people are considering. When we talk about... Um, 
some of the things that he's brought up this week, of course, the sickness of, of America. And that's one thing he's really starting to drill down into now, how sick we are, autoimmune diseases, chronic illness, and where we were, let's say, 50 years ago, um, times when, you know, 50s and 60s compared to where we are now, it's just abysmal, despite the amount of money we've spent. And also what I love about Kennedy and what I have not seen in so many people is his willingness to go somewhere and actually talk to the people with their boots on the ground in the case of immigration, a couple months ago, he went to the border and said, you know, I used to be for really open borders, but now I see what's going on. This is not fair to the people. He visited a rape crisis center for the people who were who were coming across the border and had the horrible things they had been through. And then most recently, in the past 48 hours, his YouTube channel has put out a really interesting, rather short video about his most recent trip down to an area kind of southeast of Tucson. And what I think it spoke the most to is his willingness to just talk to the locals and say, what do you think is going to help with this? This is a man who listens, and that is not something that it seems we have had in a long time. We've had, you know, bombastic leaders and boisterous leaders and rah-rah stand up at the podium and say things that are powerful. But we need someone who will actually listen to the people who deal with these issues every single day. Listen, learn, and potentially change his mind when warranted. Any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, Francis, I, I agree with you. I think Bobby's video at the border showing that he's willing to go down there to listen to people who are coming across and also trying to stop them from coming across was very enlightening for me. And I agree that the drug cartels control much of that flow. That information that Bobby, uh, I think, enlightened us about was very important. Uh, so it's it's become a criminal enterprise at the border, and he's trying to establish logic and compassion there uh, in response. Uh, I, I want to push back a little bit against Aaron, uh, thinking that it won't be Michelle Obama, uh, the Democrats turn to this uh, year, because she has said she's quote terrified on one past podcast recently of Trump returning to the White House. I think that's what the Democratic uh, leaders can do when they approach her about this, if they haven't already, and say, look, you're the only person who can stop Trump. Uh, no one else on the bench, and the Democrats have a very weak bench, can do this. You have the brain, you have the national recognition, you can step into the shoes. Uh, you're not a typical uh, political animal, that's true, but that's great this year. Uh, neither Bobby or Trump, for that matter. So I do think that she is the logical choice for the Democrats. She has a lot of baggage, which Bobby could bring out if she does campaign as a Democratic nominee. She and her husband, President Obama, uh, continued the permanent wars for eight years uh, in Syria, the Middle East, in Afghanistan, and so forth. He kept putting uh, Guantanamo, there was more, I think, Patriot Act uh, suppression of the free press under Obama as president than there was in any other time, even under Bush. So uh, there's lots that President Obama has to answer for. And, of course, Michelle Obama ha would, would have to do that as well. So I do think there's no one else with her national stature. I do think that's a Hail Mary pass the Democrats will throw this year. She can yeah. uh, possibly beat Trump, but can she beat Kennedy? That's the question. That's well, the question. I, I 
I do agree that she is the Hail Mary pass, and you both could be correct that she was. I mean, time will definitely tell if she is. And to Francis's point about seeing her in, you know, in uh, in the press in certain ways, I don't discount that either because that's how Jimmy Carter, uh, you know, with his friends at David Rockefeller and so on, he appeared on magazine covers when he really had no business to. And I even remember prior to 1992 because I was in I was in school, but I read Newsweek all the time, and I remember reading about Bill Clinton a few times. To the point that I even told my mom, who worked for a Democratic congressman, I said, Bill Clinton looks like he's going to be the guy. I told her this beforehand, and it wasn't that it was very clever. It was just that I'd read it in Newsweek. And so these they do have ways of putting these things out there and foreshadowing these and building people up. I just am hoping she's wise enough not to do it. Uh, and I would guess that she would be as I try to game out what I would do if I were her. But time will tell. She would. It would be a huge victory for the Democrats, uh, a, a win for them if they could get her, but we will see if that happens. Now, we are just about out of time. So on behalf of all of us at the Kennedy Beacon Podcast, thank you for tuning in. Please check out the Kennedy Beacon Substack. It is 100% free, and you'll find great reporting and writing on and tons of critical analysis about the issues facing all of us and Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s challenging path to the White House, a journey we are all excited to support and be a part of. So please tune in next time for a new episode of the Kennedy Beacon Podcast.